maybe we can't have discourse about how it'd be great if more queer actors had more opportunity to have queer parts because ultimately people will then run with that and use that as an excuse to pressure people out of the closet and speculate out people's identity. And that's unfortunate and it's really frustrating, but maybe that is just the case. I don't know where we go from there though. Hi, Benji here. I'm Ollie. And you're listening to TikToks, the podcast where we unpack TikTok's hottest trending topics. From pop culture to social issues, we'll be stripping back the layers, helping you understand what's going down on the For You page, and saying how we feel about it. Whether it's Couch Guy, Berries and Green, or Kate Bush's latest banger, nothing is off limits. Tune in every week for your dose of TikToks. Hey Ollie, what's up? <laughs> that was a struggle. Oh god. Setting up was a struggle. Yes. So we record in my apartment. It's a home setup, it's a DIY situation. Mm. And so before every recording, we need to set up the mics, we need to set up the the lighting, the camera, and something just always goes wrong. And today things went wrong. Yep. Yeah, we won't bore you with the details, but let's just say we probably should have been sitting down and talking to you lot about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It's all good. It's all good. Mm. Look, it's fine. We're only, what, episode five? Learning curve. Exactly. Okay, we're getting better and better. Well, hopefully we are. Let us know. We are about to talk about something quite serious, actually. And yeah, should I take it away? You should. So, you've seen Heartstopper, right? I have. Okay. Many times. Right. So for those listening who may not have seen Heartstopper, Heartstopper was originally a webcomic, I believe. Yeah. That then became a best-selling New York Times comic, I believe, by Alice Oseman. Mm. Yes. So it's based in a school and it's all about this relationship between these two boys. So one is called, I forget their names. Charlie and Nick. Charlie and Nick, yes. Charlie is a young, he knows he's gay, right? A yeah. Young gay and he, boy. he came out in year nine. Right. And they're, they're now in year 10. Right, exactly. And then who's the other person? Nick. Nick, that's it. I have seen it. I have seen it, by the way. I loved it. So Nick is the love interest and he is someone who doesn't necessarily know what his sexual orientation is. And he's like a rugby jock kind of guy, right? And so he's dealing with kind of having this this rugby persona, but then also his feelings that he's developing for this boy. And then he eventually comes out as bisexual. Yeah. So this is a wildly successful comic and it was bought by Netflix or the, the rights for it were. And it was released earlier this year mm. with the main duo being played by Kit Connor plays Nick. And he plays the other person. Joe Locke. Plays Joe Locke. And it was wildly successful, right? You loved it. As it should be. Yes, it's it, very good. It was it was really really good, and I think for for many young queer people, queer people of all ages actually, yeah, it was so refreshing to see such a, a story represented on screen. For many, it was something that they wish they'd had at school because whilst it is the storyline is tumultuous ultimately at least for season one the ending is quite positive it's really positive yeah. and it's heartwarming and for many people seeing a heartwarming uh, gay queer love story based in a school setting on screen was just really refreshing and something
than they wish maybe they'd had at school themselves in yeah. terms of having that a relationship with uh, another person of the same gender. I don't often cry at things. I didn't cry at this, but my eyes twitched a little bit. And I thought it was really sweet. And people have loved it. Now, that's the background. So the show features a significant amount of representation when it comes to the queer community. So there is a black trans woman who's part of the cast. And one of the main actors, Joe, is gay. Yes, all of the actors are queer. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So we'll get into this later, but Alice Osman released a statement saying that all of the queer roles were played by queer okay. actors. Okay, okay. Which I didn't know before, which is part of the reason that I will be apologising. Okay. <laughs> so I'm about to land. So Kit Connor yes. is the only person who... During the show, you know, the show being on, on Netflix and it being popular, did not disclose his identity, I believe. I think so. Or at least if there were others, their sexualities weren't scrutinised by right. the public to right. the same extent as his was. I saw that he went on a podcast and people are speculating a lot about whether he is bi, like his character is, or whether he's straight or, you know, there are people who are speculating about sexual orientation. And I remember he went on a podcast and he basically addressed it, I think, I believe about like a, month, a few months ago and said that he's very comfortable in his sexual orientation, but he doesn't feel like it's, it's anyone's business and he doesn't feel like he should have to label himself. And then he deleted his Twitter, right, about six weeks ago. Yes. With many believing that it's because of the intensity of the scrutiny that he was getting and a lot of allegations he was getting. Yeah, so while they're in Paris recording season two, there were videos filmed by the paparazzi of him holding hands with a girl. Mm. And then people started accusing him of queer baiting again. Right. Which is problematic and we'll get to it. But mm. that's why he deleted Twitter. Okay. Yeah. And so fast forward earlier this week, well, two days ago, he came back to Twitter with a tweet saying that, hi, I'm bisexual. And I believe his wording was a congrats on forcing an 18 year old boy to come out. Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. I think it would be helpful to have a basic understanding of what queer baiting actually is. Yeah. Before we get into it, because that's the main reason why, well, I believe anyway, that he felt that he was forced to come out is because he was facing intense allegations that he was queer baiting. Yeah. Now, queer baiting is something that actually comes from like books, novels, TV mm -hmm. shows, and essentially it describes how often, and especially when queer characters and queer relationships and queer narratives weren't as widely accepted by the, the public, screenwriters, authors would often describe characters and write about different storylines in a way where somebody could interpret the character or interpret the, the storyline to be queer in some way. There may be a relationship between two women, which is overly friendly or overly familiar, and there's uh, lingering glances and things like that. And so somebody, a woman like a woman audience, might see that and be like, oh, that's representation for us. Let's go and watch that movie or let's go and read that book. But then, lo and behold, there would be no explicit representation. It yeah. will be hints. And there's examples of when actually shows have done that and then the woman who people thought might have been queer just ended up with a man. Mm -hmm. So the concise definition on Wikipedia is mm. queer baiting is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment right. in which creators hint at but then do not depict same-sex romance or other LGBTQ plus representation. The purpose to, is to attract, bait, an LGBT plus or straight ally audience 
with the suggestion or possibility of relationships or characters that appeal to them mm-hmm. and then not following through on that. Mm, exactly. Perfect. Thank you. So that's the, oh, that's the original. The, yeah. And then some people, and there's debate on whether this is fair or not, some people have evolved that meaning mm. to include real humans using it as a marketing technique mm-hmm. for themselves. Mm. So uh, a celebrity queer baiting would be a celebrity pretending to be, in a very simple sense, we'll get into it more, pretending to be gay to appeal to a gay audience. Mm, Yeah. So that's how it moves from fiction to real life, Mm -hmm. in one sense. And so that was what people were accusing Kit Connor of, Mm -hmm. that he is essentially participating in this show, which is intentionally appealing to a a queer audience and he is playing a queer character but ultimately is not queer himself and that is him in some way trying to profit of the community that he is not a part of and so some people did feel that he had almost a duty to disclose his identity a duty to his fans and yeah some people felt that they were entitled to know his sexuality Mm -hmm. and then pressured him by accusing him of queer baiting And then that led to him coming out as bi a few days ago. So there's been a lot of conversation about what's happened. And we've both made videos. We have both made videos about it. I just did a second one, (laughs) clarifying where I stand on it. In all seriousness, it's quite, it's, it's a very sensitive topic and a sensitive issue. I think it's really, really important before we start getting into any sort of nuance that we do clarify that what, I'll speak for myself mm-hmm. and let you speak for yourself. I think there is no justifiable reason why someone should feel like they have to come out or that they have to disclose their sexual orientation or their gender identity. Yeah. And I also do not think that it's ever justified to speculate about someone's sexual orientation or gender identity, especially not in like a, a very public way, in a way that would potentially make them feel uncomfortable or encourage others to also speculate in a harmful way. So that, that's just first off for me. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. We shouldn't be pressuring anyone into coming out. No, at all. Yes, agreed. So should we talk about what our video said and then we can talk about like potential backlash or not backlash, but debate in the comment sections of our videos. Yeah, and I think this is actually a good way to go into it because we both approached it from different angles. Yeah, And yeah. kind of picked out learnings that we thought were important to take from the situation. Yeah. Right, so yeah, what, what was so your take? There were multiple things said in my video. The first was the kind of baseline thing that most people agree with, that it was bad that we as a community, and to be fair, people pointed out in my comment sections that there could have been a lot of straight girls also pressuring him into coming out mm. in the queer baiting. But people in the community or adjacent to the community, pressuring him to come out was a bad thing. That was something that everyone agreed on. Mm. Then my <laughs> points of contention were I said that for me, it would make season two better Mm -hmm. knowing that a queer person was playing a queer protagonist. Mm -hmm. Then I also said, I think that we have a right to be upset when a celebrity becomes purposefully vague Mm -hmm. about their sexuality Mm -hmm. when they know they appeal to a queer audience. Mm -hmm. 
and I said that we probably should call out celebrities that are doing that in a queer baiting way. Mm. I mean, we should call out celebrities doing that mm. and the idea being in a queer baiting way to profit from it. Mm. So the first of those two things mm. was the I would be happier like it would be a better experience for me watching season two knowing the actors were queer people rightfully responded i'm not going to feel better knowing that someone was forced to come out because of this right because of what happened online and 100 percent, i apologize for that i worded that badly mm. in a vacuum I would rather know the actor's sexuality, but I would rather know that it was a queer actor. Mm. Like, 100% agree with anyone saying that sort of the fact that he had been forced to come out mm. sours the experience. Mm. I do agree with that. So, like, I was wrong to, to phrase it like that. But why does it make it better for you? So I think for me, having grown up with the growth of representation of queer people in media, mm. there are two things. And neither of them are that a straight person couldn't convincingly portray a queer role. Right. I'm not questioning an actor's ability. It's not about that. It's not about bringing me out of the experience thinking, oh, well, they're straight. It's There are two things, and you know a lot about this subject and we'll talk about it in a more valuable way than I do. But mm. one of them is the lack of opportunities historically, and even up until now, given to queer actors yeah. in the media industry. Mm. There's been a lot of, oh, you can't act a straight person, you're too gay. Mm. So when it's actually a queer role, queer people should, I think, be getting those roles because mm. they're not getting the straight roles because of prejudice against queer people. Mm. So that's my first thing. Mm. And the second thing is it just leaves, well, it's, they're related, but because of that, every time I watch a show and I know for a fact that the person playing the queer actor is straight in real life, it leaves a sour, bitter taste in my mouth, mm. watching it, knowing that it could have gone to a queer person who doesn't get the same opportunities. Mm. Mm. I remember watching, it may have been Louis Spence, on George and Joe Bag's podcast, it may not have been, mm. but someone mentioned how because they were gay and in the industry, there were straight men with half their talent mm. getting just as far or further mm. because they were straight. Mm. And it's that thing, it's the seeing a straight person in that role, I don't feel until we've reached sort of equality mm. that those roles in an ideal world mm. should be going. Mm to straight actors when there are so many amazing queer actors. And it's the same, it works with any kind of thing. Like, there's a reboot of a film coming out okay. that initially was about people with dwarfism, I believe. I saw an amazing actor, she spoke about it on her TikTok saying, why isn't it being cast with people with dwarfism? Yeah. What they've done is they've made it all people that are the average height mm. in the population. Hello, hello, it's Editing Ollie here, and I just want to say the film was Time Bandits, and the actor on TikTok was Abby Grace P. Okay, bye. They've completely stripped that aspect in the reboot, mm. and it's a really bizarre choice mm. when, if you were to try to name actors with dwarfism, mm. you would struggle to name, like, three. Yeah, I, Peter I, Dinklage. Yeah, Peter Dinklage, the person that played like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, you can't yeah, even yeah. name them. Can't even name but it's a good point. People with dwarfism are going to be discriminated against for 
your generic role yeah. because of their dwarfism. Yeah. And so to then not give a role mm. where the character has dwarfism yeah. to a person with dwarfism mm. doesn't seem right. Yeah. And I think in the same way, mm. just on that, not comparing oppressions, but just on the sense of because you are being denied access to roles of your oppressor, mm. in the case of queer people, mm. straight people, you should be prioritised for roles of your... I think you've explained that quite well. And, uh, you know, and it's very much the caveat of like an ideal scenario is really important to put on this. Mm. And I should have done that on my video. But yeah, another example is how oftentimes there'll be a fat person in a movie and they'll get someone in a fat suit Mm. to do that role. And then people who are fat or people, you know, regardless of their size, come out and say... Well, could you not have found a fat actor to do that role? There are many fat, talented actors to do that role. And the response is, oh, but how do you know that a fat person would be the best person to play that role? What if it is someone who isn't fat? Shouldn't the best actor get that role? And what you're highlighting there is that, well, it's not as simple as that, because ultimately, unfortunately, because we live in this society where bias and prejudice exist and inform, you know, decisions that are made by a lot of people, it's just a matter of fact that, for example, you know, fat people, people with disabilities, people who do not fit the societal norm will struggle a bit more than their counterparts to attain certain roles. Yeah. Right. And so because of that, I can definitely see how you, and, and I feel this way as well to a certain extent, that if we are casting a role for a fat person, we're casting a role for a queer person, then we should be trying our best to give that opportunity to somebody who is fat, to somebody who is, you know, who is queer, yeah. right? There are issues with that, but we'll unpack mm-hmm. in a bit. But I wanted to get back to the second point of your video as well, which was to do with... Celebrity queer baiting. That's it, yes. Yeah, so here's the... Let's talk about, like, the criticisms I received. Mm. The first criticism, and I want to say outright that the people criticising me in my comments... I don't disagree with, Mm. right? Mm. I think they raise completely valid points. Mm. I just think that my points... Are better. (laughs) (laughs) No, my points conflict with those, but are equally valid. Okay. And this is a thing that I hold to be true, is Mm. that because we don't have complete access to infinite knowledge, Mm. and because we don't have objective morality... Mm. There are going to be situations with so much nuance that we just can't calculate Mm. which one is better. Mm. And it ultimately comes down to which one you, as a person, place more moral weight and moral value on. Mm. And I think that's okay. Mm. I think it's okay to disagree, Mm. but to still hold another person's opinion valid. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is missed on TikTok. Mm. There's really a lack of empathy of the other side. Mm. And I think I'm in a privileged position in which I've sort of been debating all my life. I've been trained in it like as a lawyer. Mm. And so I've got to a point in my life where I realised that someone can have an opposing view to me Mm. and that be okay. Mm. But a lot of the comments on TikToks, in in response to like a single sentence in a video Mm. where I can't develop all of the nuance that I'd like to, are like, no, you're 100% wrong, you're a terrible person, you're toxic. Mm. And so to those people, I 100% get where you're coming from. Mm. And I'm glad that you defend your view strongly. I just think we disagree and that's okay. 
What's, so, what's the opposing view Yeah, there? so what a lot of people did, and this kind of irritated me, is they just lifted the Wikipedia definition of queerbaiting, and they were like, queerbaiting is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment in which creators hint at, and they're like, queerbaiting is fictional, mm -hmm. a real person can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then they add to that, a real person can't do it because you never know what their sexuality is and they don't owe you. That bit, 100% true, I agree. Mm -hmm. But the idea that it's just for a marketing technique for fiction, mm. I disagree with. And I think my response to that thing mm. is that the definition as it was first created can evolve. Language does evolve yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to suit the times. Yeah. What they conveniently left out was that the next paragraph says that it can also take the forms of books, musics, ads, and celebrities who convey an ambiguous sexual identity. Mm. Another thing that I would like to point out, because, you know, I do my research. Yeah. When I say these things, I don't just, like, <laughs> decide I want to be controversial today. Right, okay. So that, that Wikipedia definition that they took, mm. the citation that it uses is from a book called Claiming the Bee in LGBT, mm. Illuminating the Bisexual Narrative. That's what's used as a citation for that bit of the marketing technique for authors. Mm -hmm. Now, I've read the queerbaiting section of that book, okay. and the citation doesn't come from that. So that's been incorrectly cited on okay. Wikipedia. Only you, only you <laughs> would have checked that. <laughs> I come with receipts, only darling. you would have checked that, for sure. And, sure. and basically, the definition in Claiming the Bee yeah. by yeah. Kate Harrod, the definition doesn't exclude the possibility of celebrity queerbaiting. Mm -hmm. And then there are other definitions mm -hmm. from other people that have made it solely to do with marketing and books. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Judith Fathaller wrote an article in sort of 2015 with mm. that definition. Mm. Fair enough. And then she also wrote an article more recently okay. expanding upon her own definition. Okay. And it's a really interesting article. It's an academic article asking whether we can apply queerbaiting to emo bands of the early 2000s okay. that have never sort of come out as having a same-sex relationship. But on stage, they would do what's called stage gay, which is like they would kiss each other and stuff like that. And she was looking at whether queerbaiting can be applied to that. And ultimately expanded upon her own definition okay. to include celebrity queerbaiting. Okay. So the first thing that I'd say there is that it's too narrow to say that queerbaiting can only apply to fiction. Okay. What do you think about that? Do you think, yeah. I mean, I would say that you're doing a classic Ollie thing to be fair. Mm, okay. And you're, you know, you're doing, you're doing the right, a quote unquote right thing in terms of like you're appealing to journals and, and citations and you're doing your research, right? Yeah. And you're getting your facts in order. And that's great. That's really great. But I would still say that doesn't inherently prove what you're saying. As in, if you're saying that the, the, the definition yeah, yeah. of queerbaiting mm. could be applied to celebrities, doesn't mean that it always does. No, 100%. Agree. Agree, but this is the the starting point of some of the criticisms was just point blank. Fair. You can't have queer baiting in real life because this is the definition of queer baiting. And the comparative example I'd give there is yeah. that like a lot of times, and I've stopped talking about this on, on my page for good reason. But in the discussion about whether white people can be racist, yeah, a lot of people, a black people can be racist. Do you mean? Oh yes, yeah. Good point. 
<laughs> Whether the way you looked at the camera there, like like on the this, New York what is this white boy saying? <laughs> in the discussion about whether white no whether white people can experience racism okay, sure. that's yeah. it a lot of people will say well i've googled the definition of racism and it says this yeah and it's just really frustrating because okay you just googled a definition mm. does that actually apply in in reality yeah does it make sense or is it just the first google's result you know yeah. Yeah. So I think that that kind of argument is, I mean, it's done a lot, but yeah, it, it is annoying because you're not actually trying to really engage in discussion. You just Google the definition and this suits what you, what you believe. So you're just yeah. going to use that. As a exactly. So that's the base point of can queer baiting even apply to celebrities? Right. Or is it solely something that's found in fiction? Mm. And in that aspect of what the definition is, mm. I disagree with people in the comments that were saying, it's not possible because queerbaiting doesn't relate to celebrities. Now, the next question is whether it can apply because they're humans and you can never know their sexuality mm. and you don't know what their intentions are. They may just be in the closet, things like that. And I fully understand that. And I think we should never use the fact of queerbaiting to try and pressure someone to come out. No. But it's been done so many times. It's happened so many times. Like Jamila Jamil mm. came out as queer. Yeah. Obviously Kit Connor. Mm. So many other people, queer musicians, yeah. have come out after facing accusations of queer baiting. Mm. And I don't think that's right. And when I said we should probably call them out for it, mm. I didn't mean in that sense of like, prove to us that you're queer, come out kind of thing. Mm. But what I would say and what has been said in academics, I think in a very balanced way. So this is a quote, this was said by one celebrity about James Franco, okay. who's faced a lot of accusations of queer baiting. He said, Franco enjoys the benefits of a queer image by appropriating gay culture, yet also avoids experiencing the full responsibilities of the social implications that come with being a gay man. Mm. So basically, when you incorporate queer culture mm. into your aesthetic, your brand as a celebrity, mm. without being explicitly out of the closet queer, yeah. then you get to benefit and profit from the queer adoration or whatever of your fans. Mm whilst also not having the risk of losing mainstream appeal. Yeah. And for me, that is a problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to explain it, but I think part of it is being in the closet has some privileges to it, right? Mm -hmm. You, it's horrible to have to feel you have to be in the closet, mm -hmm. but you get that safety of mm -hmm. being in the closet. Mm -hmm. And that's your privilege of being in the closet, mm -hmm. right? Being out of the closet has other privileges. Mm -hmm. You get to be your true authentic self. Yeah. And I think along with that, for a celebrity specifically, being able to brand yourself as queer, yeah. it's really tricky to know how far to take the point. Right. But if you're, if you're a celebrity in the closet, then by doing queer things, but remaining undisclosed on your sexuality, you're benefiting from both privileges without having any of the, like, yeah. negatives. I think the issue here, mm. though, is that you can never really truly know someone's sexual orientation or gender identity. No, and I agree. So that's that's the issue. But, because... but, the, but the, the response to that is, well, my suggestion yeah. is that celebrities should be attuned to the fact that because they're not 
disclosing their sexuality, mm. they shouldn't then take active steps to profit off the queer community. The thing is though, and, and it's hard because I can say with certainty that there are people doing what you're saying yeah. that they're doing. I'm sure that has happened in the past. I'm definitely sure it's happening now. The issue is though, that we can never truly be sure. And so there's always the what if. What if somebody is queer, but not out because of, for valid reasons, you know, for family reasons, for safety reasons, for I mean, any reason reasons. not to be out is valid. Exactly, any reason, but they still want to express themselves as they authentically are, and they still want to, for example, explore themselves in queer roles and even create queer-themed music and, and all of that stuff, should they not be free to do that? Or do they owe us a duty of limiting themselves or constraining themselves or just haven't expressed themselves because they're not out to us or they haven't disclosed their identity to us? I think... At the very least, be careful about it. Be understanding of the fact that... And look, my scepticism is in the fact that celebrities are brands, right? And they have... Like, a celebrity will have a, a, a brand manager. They will have someone telling them how to act, what kind of things to be into, how to dress, all to cultivate their brand, to build their brand, yeah. to align with certain people yeah. so that they can be as successful as possible as a celebrity. Mm. And so if it's done in an authentic way, because that's what they truly feel, then fine, I have absolutely no issue with that. But there's always a problem of people taking advantage of that. Mm. Taking it back to TikTok, there are like a lot of straight men yeah. that will purposefully appeal to a gay audience for their explicit content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they pretend to be gay mm. so that they can capture that market. Yeah. And I think it's naive to think that the same thing isn't happening in the world of celebrities. Oh, it definitely is. So that's basically what I meant when I said we should probably call that out. We can't just let it... In an ideal world, it wouldn't exist. People mm. wouldn't be trying to take advantage of it and we wouldn't care enough about it to give more money because of it, yeah. but we don't live in an ideal world. We run the risk. If we just have a blanket ban of we're never going to like call anyone out for this kind of thing, mm. then we just let people with no morals run absolutely rampant yeah. in terms of what they want to do to exploit the queer community. Mm. And we essentially see that with big corporations, mm. yeah, like yeah, Disney yeah. doing it, yeah. being like, yeah, how gay is Thor? Super gay. And then we went and watched it, and what? There's, like, a character who's essentially just a pile of rocks mm. talking about his husband. Mm. And it's like you can't even make a, a human character gay. And that's the only reference to it in the whole thing, and you're Sorry, pulling it super gay? That's funny, which is the way you said it. A <laughs> pile of rocks. <laughs> Something you thought of? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Korg or whatever his name is. I don't know. Oh, dear. Yeah. No, honestly, like, if I can interject, like, I am totally empathise with what you're saying. And it is really frustrating to think about the fact that there are, you know, there are queer people who aren't afforded certain opportunities, who are outwardly queer, right? And because those opportunities are going to people who potentially aren't queer at all, and they're just exploiting the queer community, right? And placing themselves in a position where they really don't deserve to be. 
I empathize with how you're feeling about that because that's really that's that's really frustrating to think about. It frustrates me. The issue is you're always going to have that what if, and so because you're always going to have that what if of well, what if they are queer, and it's a, a matter of fact that you cannot look at someone and tell whether they're queer, mm-hmm. right? In terms of you can't tell their sexual orientation, you can't tell their gender identity, so you can't tell if someone is queer or, or not queer, right? Just by looking at them, it's for want of a better term. It's hard to gatekeep without inevitably running the risk of causing harm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So one example that I spoke about on my TikTok was Billie Eilish. Mm. Billie Eilish did a a video where her and her girls were having a sleepover. And they're they're dressed kind of, you know, they're in quote-unquote provocative clothing and they're having a good time. And it is a bit kind of suggestive, a little bit... But it's not explicit at all. It's just a sleepover. But many people saw that and queer people saw that and said that Billie Eilish is now queer baiting and so therefore needs to disclose her identity or at least confirm whether she's queer or not. And the thing is, I said, well, my position was Billie Eilish doesn't owe anyone her sexual orientation. Mm. And ultimately, you can't take a music video and just assume that she's trying to exploit your community. But she quite soon after posted a picture on Instagram with the caption, I like girls, right? Did she? Yeah. But this is... And that was part of the thing. This is the thing, though. We are not to know whether Billie Eilish is queer or not. No. You know? And so as much as I can empathise with seeing that, I didn't know about the I like girls part, well, but I can empathize with seeing that being frustrated, I can't then use that to justify demanding or calling her out or saying that she needs to confirm something or change how she acts or whatever. Because there is a chance that she is quit. There is a chance that, I mean, she's dating a man right now, a cis man right now, but she could be bisexual, pansexual. We don't know. And because we don't know, there's always going to be that tension with that sort of argument. I agree. But so, so with something like the I like girls... Instagram caption Mm. afterwards. It's like, why are you... And maybe this is a genuine question and you can provide insight into it because I'm sure there are arguments. Mm. But if you're not going to disclose your sexuality, Mm. why are you, like, flirting with disclosing your sexuality? If you have no intention to then disclose it, say in the scenario that she is straight, then why are you flirting with that? It feels like you're flirting with that to appeal to the queer audience. Yes, it... You are. That's exactly what you're doing. But because we can't know if she's straight, you can still be aware of the fact that that's how it's going to be perceived, right? But you don't owe anyone anything. But, like, what's the benefit, what's the reason for flirting with that? Like, teetering on the edge when you actually have no... no... Because you're looking to attract, get attention, you're looking to... Get attention. ...audience, you're looking to... Yeah. I realise how awful this is, right? But I'm just saying how it is. That's, that's what they're trying to do. But the thing is that because, again, I go back to the point, we can never know. And so there's always going to be a difficulty in really affirming that argument because you... But then if it's... if it's, know. But if it's to drum up attention yeah. or to create controversy, yeah. even if you are queer, then is it not still queer baiting? No, because you could be... She could be queer and just expressing the fact that she likes girls. Okay, no, okay, maybe maybe you misunderstood what I was saying, but mm-hmm. if she is queer mm-hmm. and did that, what like why would you why would you still flirt with that like 
potentially coming out, expressing your sexuality when you actually have no intention of it coming out. Because it's a way for you to indulge in, in, you know, in expressing yourself in a way that you can't maybe wholeheartedly because you can't come out for whatever reason. I know what you mean. It's dubious, like it's, yeah. it's questionable, but it's possible. And, yeah. think, and that's the issue that you're always going to come up against. Yeah. And that's why, to be fair, I think that your suggestion in your video mm. was actually a really well-measured middle ground of, okay, well, if you don't like it, support openly queer yeah. celebrities. So let me, let me explain. My take on it, on the situation, was coming from the perspective of my belief that queer actors should ideally be prioritised for queer roles. It's something that I have spoken about on my TikTok before, I've done content on it before, and the reason why it is close to my heart is because there were just so many instances, like, it's, it's wild when, when you look at the, the stats on this. Ian McKellen is the only outwardly queer actor to win an Oscar for playing a queer role. That's pretty wild. Wait, what was the queer role? Oh, I can't remember. I haven't seen it. <laughs> but I'm sure he was impeccable. I love him. Again. Yes. But I haven't seen the show, movie though. I probably should. But yet, so many outwardly straight male actors have won Oscars playing queer roles. Yeah. Right. I recently saw Bros, which is the new Baby Act in the Rock on. And... I was so jealous of you going to that premiere. <laughs> it was it was fun. It was, that was my first ba baby's first premiere. Was, oh wow! It was cute in the photo. I wanted to the, come. The photo was cute. Yeah, there's yeah. a good photo. Thank you. Thank mm. you. Anyway, <laughs> so I went to that. I saw the movie, and I was shocked to hear before the movie started. There was a little bit of a preamble, and it's the first and only queer romantic comedy to be fronted by a major studio that also features a principal queer cast. As in everyone in the principal cast is outwardly queer and they're all playing queer roles. Mm. And it's the first rom-com of its kind. Now, I know like that's potentially quite niche, but in 2022, almost 2023, that's also a wild yeah. thing to be able to say. I mean, it kind of makes sense because Love, Simon was the first mainstream Mm, yeah. Hollywood thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that wasn't played by a openly queer actor. There we go. Perfect example. And there haven't been many since. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. And there are people like Titus Burgess. Mm. Titus Burgess of, of uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt. Exactly. Oh. Who is incredible. an amazing, amazing, talented musician, actor, mm. and was a very, very successful, don't get me wrong, very, very successful, very, especially very known for his, his stage work before yeah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but that was his quote-unquote breakout mainstream role quite late on in his career. Yeah. And even then, arguably, the role is, I mean, it's a hilarious role, but it's very, very much like a stereotypical... Yeah, one-dimensional. One-dimensional yeah. side piece. Yeah character yeah right and look at pose mm. pose is a great example so pose is a show about uh, it's about ballroom culture in in new york in the 80s and 90s i believe but and ballroom when we say ballroom we don't mean like strictly come dancing no no we mean the 70s 80s bronx yes new york where i mean specifically like black and Latinx communities would either 
play with gender fluidity. Google, Google is free. Yeah. War sure, of Culture, sure. watch Paris is Burning. Yes. <laughs> Google it. But yes, ballroom culture. And it was such an amazing vehicle for queer and specifically black trans talent. The first of its kind, really, people like Michelle Rodriguez mm. finally were able to get the spotlight. Yeah. But again, it had to be a show that was very specifically about that experience. And members of our cast, Billy Porter, were all spoken about how being outwardly queer, being outwardly trans meant that they weren't just afforded opportunities that other people who were cishet just are, even though they were more talented. Yeah. And so to go back to my video, what I said was, and I'll say it, I'll break it down exactly as I did in the video, in the original video. I said, Kit Connor has said that he's felt forced to come out as bisexual, which is awful. I do still, however, think that ideally out queer people should ideally be prioritized for queer roles. Mm. Not because um, cishet people can't play queer characters well, but purely because queer actors aren't afforded the same opportunities as their cishet counterparts. And there is so much evidence to, to prove that that is the case, right? Yeah. And so therefore, from an equity perspective, they should at least be prioritized. So, you know, there should be work to try and find talent that can play these roles that is outwardly queer. If we can't, or if they're not the best person for the role, fine. But we should be making an effort towards that to, to ideally give them those roles. However, that does not justify pressuring people to come out of the closet. It doesn't justify speculation about people's sexual limitations and gender identities. It does not. That should never, ever happen. What we should be doing is simply celebrating out queer talent and we should be trying to you know push them to the forefront especially when it comes to queer roles right roles that are potentially maybe you know, most and best suited to at least in order to try and level the playing field of opportunity for such actors right and that is something that we can do without forcing people out of the closet yeah. without making harmful speculations and if you are so bothered by an unlabeled person playing a queer character in a show, you simply don't have to watch that show. Mm. You simply can just direct your attention and your support elsewhere. You can even watch the show, but just focus on amplifying and supporting and, and celebrating the work of the people who are really queer in that show. And you could use Heartstopper as an example. People could and did do this where they said, oh wow, what an amazing representative cast. Look at the fact that there's a black trans woman in the cast and one of the leads is an outwardly gay man. That's amazing. And also the show, it's just such an amazing, impactful show for queer people. How amazing is that? Next. Yeah. It, to me, it's that simple. Yeah. You don't then have to speculate about other members of the cast. You don't have to make speculative comments, right? You can just celebrate the fact that there are out queer actors getting queer roles and be like, I'd like more of that. Mm. To me, it's that simple, right? So a lot of the feedback that I did get on that video were people were essentially saying that ultimately, whilst that is a great thing to, no, I'm adding that part. They didn't say that, but I'm sure <laughs> it was implied. Uh, while that is a great thing to want to be po possible, want to be true, ultimately, when you do advocate for queer actors to play queer roles, people will still pressure 
actors who are unlabeled to disclose their identity. They may feel pressure to disclose their identity to casting directors who are casting for queer roles. And also people on the internet, their fans, their support base will also maybe see certain actors playing queer roles and then therefore pressure them to disclose their identity because there's this ongoing narrative that queer actors should play queer roles. And the thing is that I, you know what? It's extremely unfortunate. But to a certain extent, yeah, I see that. And I did a follow-up video basically saying that I, I acknowledge that. That's something that I hadn't considered, or at least I hadn't really considered in maybe enough detail before I did my first video. And yeah, maybe what I'm saying is just too idealistic. Hmm. Maybe we can't have discourse about how it would be great if more queer actors had more opportunity to have queer parts because ultimately people will then run with that and use that as an excuse to pressure people out of the closet and speculate out people's identity. And that's unfortunate and it's really frustrating, but maybe that is just the case. I don't know where we go from there though. So let me suggest something and I haven't thought it through and it's not sure. necessarily something that I was like, die on this hill for sure but if that's too idealistic mm. is it also too idealistic for a closeted actor to take a role thinking that they can avoid the reality of people scrutinizing their sexuality and essentially forcing them to come out i i think like, as in is it's that wrong too... but is it it's wrong for people to do that uh-huh. but it's kind of a reality of the world we live in yeah, it is. So is it idealistic for a, an actor to take the role? It's idealistic in the current world that yeah. we live in. But I think maybe with having thought about it a bit more, we should just be advocating for no discussions about actors' sexual orientation or gender identity. In the current situation we're in, in the world we live in right now, I think that is the best case scenario and the best solution, especially if we're looking to avoid awful situations like what happened to Kit Connor, right? Mm. But it just, I can't lie, it still doesn't 100% sit well with mm. me because of the reasons that I stated in terms of just the current situation that we have, which is unequal. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate that, again, it goes back to what you were saying, what I was saying in response to your argument about queer baiting, in that everything you're saying is happening. It's definitely happening. There are celebrities that are queer baiting. Yeah. There are celebrities that are exploiting our community for money, for profit, for attention, click streams, etc. And yet, because we can never truly know whether they actually are queer or not, we kind of can't say anything about it yeah. or shouldn't, unless we, we have like actual facts. And this is why what I draw from your initial conclusion of su- yeah. support openly queer. Yeah celebrities as well and my thing of the privilege of being in the closet and the privilege of being out of the closet is that i would ask celebrities Mm. who are in the closet Mm. to be mindful of the fact that things they can be doing could be perceived as queer baiting and sure in an ideal world no one cares about sexuality and stuff though equally if you can never question it Mm. then in this world if queer baiting exists but you can't question sexuality, anyone could just come out as bisexual or pansexual and then never actually, and then live a heteronormative life the entire time. Yeah. And they dodged the bullet because you can't prove their sexuality. They could just lie about it and come out. So there's no solution, essentially. No. 
there's no good solution. There are always going to be people that exploit the loopholes in the system, which again, come back to why I think we have a right to be upset about it. Of course. That people yeah. don't have the morality to be like, okay, I'm going to stay in my lane for this one. Yeah. I think for a more productive solution rather than just throwing our hands up in the air, I, I think back to the work that I do as an inclusion consultant for organizations. And a lot of times I do work with diversity networks, employee resource groups, essentially like, like a pride network at yeah. organization. And I'll come in and we'll have a conversation about how to make the organization more inclusive for queer folks. And what a big part of the work I do is being like, look, ultimately when it comes to queerness in the workplace, not everyone will feel comfortable to declare their identity. And that's just a fact. And also no one owes you their identity either. Yeah. But there's added layers in the workplace in terms of power structures, et cetera, right? And so what we need to do is make sure that those who are out and disclosed and who are part of this network feel seen and, and they feel heard and we are catering to their needs, whilst also making sure that we are just creating an environment in general that is safe for queer people. Because we know that there are definitely going to be people in the organisation who are queer, but we don't know about. So we need to find a way to just make sure that everyone in the organization feels safe if they happen to be queer. And that's the way you have to do it. And so I guess in terms of this situation, in terms of acting and media, what we need to be trying to do is make sure that we are creating environments where people don't feel like their sexual orientation or gender identity will block them from getting roles. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, 100%. You know, if we get to that point then queer baiting no longer exists. Yeah. I mean, it does exist, but it's very obvious that it's happening. Yes. Because if someone's not out, if, if we had the perfect world of everyone feels 100% safe to come out, yes. then people that haven't come out, but are, are queer baiting, right, exactly. it's obvious that they're, it's obvious. they're straight. Yeah. But there's also like, if you want to experiment with queer culture, but you make it very clear that you are straight, that's also fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, like, it's difficult. My personal takeaway, and this is how I live my life, is I support openly queer celebrities. If I think a celebrity is queer baiting, I'm not going to go and try to pressure them to come out. Yeah. But I just kind of disengage on that. This is, this Same. is kind of boring me. Same. When you come out of the closet, I will be here for you with open arms mm -hmm. to welcome you into the queer community mm -hmm. and all of my money that you can get from like mm. <laughs> the queer community. Oh, it will be there for you. Mm. I will be there. But until that happens, I know being in the closet is hard, but you're in the closet. I, and it's, there's also a whole problem of defining queerness through the lens of heteronormativity, mm. but we can't get into like get Judith that, Butler no. right now. <laughs> until then, if it feels queer baity, yeah. then I'm going to disengage. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's just how I live my life. And then I would hope that celebrities that are engaged, or that do things that could be perceived as queerbaiting, are conscious of what they're doing. Mm. And so maybe it leads them to at some point come out. Mm. Maybe it leads them to or come out as gay or straight and be like, no, guys, look, I know I paint my nails. Mm. I know I do these things that are associated with queer culture but that's just because I like doing that. I'm mm. straight or do things for the gay community. Yeah, yeah. And there are celebrities that do do things for the community whilst remaining ambiguous about their sexuality. And that's great. You can always do more. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you know that you're profiting off 
queer people mm. do a bit more. And to an extent, there's always that level of scepticism of, oh, well, they're going to Pride mm. because they know that will increase their standing with the queer community. That will be profitable for them in the long run. Yes. And so there's never a perfect solution. No. But just do as much as you can. Be aware of the fact that queer baiting is a thing that people are worried about, rightly or wrongly, and try to incorporate that understanding into your brand image. That's what I would ask of celebrities. I wouldn't ask them to come out. I would ask them to be aware of concerns that people have. Yes, yes. I, I think that's a balanced thing to ask. And ultimately, those are things that they don't necessarily need to outwardly do for us, right, mm. publicly. It's just something you'd ask them to think about, the yeah. consideration. So I think that's fair. I think also one thing that I would say is that I really hope, I really, really hope that after this situation, I don't then see speculation about people's gender identity and sexual orientation online. It's going to happen, though. But I, I really, really hope that I don't. Yeah. I'm going to be very, very appalled if people jump on that again after what's happened, after seeing what's happened to Kit Connor. Because ultimately, you can't say that this is a situation which is really awful and no one should be forced to come out at XYZ. But then as soon as Harry Styles puts on another dress, it's, oh, I wonder if he's gay or not. Mm. Or Shawn Mendes, I don't know does anything, breathes, <laughs> and, and suddenly it's, oh, I wonder yeah. if he's gay or not. I really, really hope that people, the, at the least, learn from this experience yeah. and act accordingly yeah. and stop the speculation. It's so, so harmful. No one owes us an explanation as to their sexual orientation and their gender identity. And as I said in my TikTok, if you want your queer actors to be queer, quote unquote, which sounds like a wild thing to say, but if you want your queer actors to be queer, they're out there. They're that. Yeah. Sam Smith yeah. just hit number one with Unholy, mm. with Kim Patris. I think the first trans duo to hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Throw that Harry Styles album away. Yeah. That's how you really feel. Yeah. 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 You don't have to hop on TikTok, hop on Twitter and start speculating. Yeah. And I really hope that this puts an end to that. I'm doubtful, but I really hope that it it, uh, it, it, it will for some people. It will be the Hopefully. learning experience, but mm -hmm. not everyone will be exposed to it, I think. Yeah. And going back to what I said at the beginning and calling myself out here, I'm really glad that people were having an engaged discussion in my comment section. Yeah. I'm glad that my page cultivates that about a year ago, maybe more, I made a little Shawn Mendes gay joke mm -hmm. in a TikTok and mm -hmm. someone was like, this is harmful to the community. You shouldn't do this. And then I stopped and I thought about it. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just, a, they're completely right. Yeah. They're completely right. I shouldn't have done it. No lies I like apologized to them and then deleted the video so that it didn't get pushed out to more people and further harm. And that Shawn Mendes experience was my learning experience. Yes. Everyone's going to have one, right? Yes. I think it will, hopefully, kick on will be a big one. And then as queerness gets more accepted, less queer baiting. Oh, I don't actually, well, I don't know. It's so complicated, know. right? We let's, could just talk, but we could hypothesize about it for hours. Let's wrap it yeah. up. What's your one short takeaway before we get out of here? I apologize for my first point, the point about, is it better for me that a queer actor is playing a queer protagonist? Because also Alice Oseman saying all of the queer roles were played by queer actors. I didn't know about that. 
And if I had done a bit of research, I would have known about that. And so it would have already been fine. And so me doing that caused unnecessary harm to people being like, Mm. Are you joking? This guy was just forced to come out. Mm. I said six things. And right. sorry, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at that. And I think you know, as a lawyer, that's fair. You you never want to give a yes or no answer mm. because you can't add the nuance. Mm. And my only other takeaway is, people who disagree with me, I see you, and I hope you see me too. If you listen to this, mm-hmm. okay, thanks. What's yeah. your takeaway? It's really simple. No one should be forced to come out. No one should be forced to face speculation about their gender identity or sexual orientation. And when you see queer talent, celebrate it, support it, give it your money and your attention and your time. Mm. That's that. Cool. Well, I think normally we do two topics an episode, but that was pretty long. Yeah, I think we're good to wrap up episode five. So yeah, thank you so, so much for listening. If you enjoyed that, please, please do rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Mm. Follow us on socials, Instagram and TikTok at TikToks Podcast. And yeah, tell your friends and your family about the podcast. And you can email us as well, the TikToksPodcast at gmail.com. If there are any TikToks you want us to talk about, have I missed yeah, anything? Yeah, we've had a few, we've had a few suggestions now. Have we? That I want to, that would be good to talk about. <gasps> Yay! Okay, well, please still send some more yes. because it'd be really great to get you involved in future episodes. So. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Bye. See ya.